G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. On a Tuesday, we take some time to get some real-time insight into what's going on in the nation of Israel and throughout the Middle East. Ron Ross has been scouring the headlines overnight and back with us for a Israel Middle East breaking news update. Ron, welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Ron, let's start with the headline, Iran offers Arab states a mafia-type deal of security for punishment after Trump. What's this one about? Yeah, Iran has sought to reach out to its Arab neighbours with Iranian Foreign Minister Javed Zarif warning them that the US President Trump will be leaving in 70 days, but Iran's regime will remain forever. He urged them to realise that betting on outsiders to provide security is never a good gamble. In Arabic and English, he called for dialogue and to work together. The message was clearly aimed at Gulf states and others that are partnered with the USA. In a long speech quoted by Fars News Agency, a foreign ministry spokesman urged Iran's neighbours to return to talks with Iran. The Trump administration has gone in a very wrong direction over the past few years, and the maximum pressure has reached the maximum failure. He said after the martyrdom of General Soleimani, Iran resorted to the necessary reaction. It's still time to step back from our failed policies and the inhumane legacy of the United States and the charlatans and bankrupt people who are advising the current U.S. administration. Tehran is wondering what might come next after Trump leaves. And this is a major concern right now throughout the entire Middle East. Well, major ramifications, aren't there, with the U.S. election? Let's talk about another headline where a senior Israeli coalition member says the Biden victory in the U.S. will hasten Israeli elections. How does this one look? Yeah, he said Netanyahu has an open door to the Donald Trump White House. He may no longer have such ties with the Biden White House. It would be easier for Netanyahu to hold an election and then deal with the Biden White House while leading an ultra-right-wing coalition rather than today's centrist coalition, he said. Former Israeli ambassador to the United Nations, Danny Danon, told Israel Army Radio, Israel needs to be grateful to President Trump, and now to get used to the fact that Biden is taking over. Things will get harder for us on several significant issues, he said. Biden wants to renew the Iranian nuclear agreement, for example, and in the international sphere, we're going to have to explain ourselves in a lot of areas, whereas before, our positions were accepted. Well, the Palestinians appear to be cheering a Biden victory here. Uh, There's another headline. Palestinian Authority Chairman Abbas urges President-elect Biden to enhance Palestinian-U.S. ties. What's this one about, Ron? 
Yes, he's calling on an enhancement because he said they collapsed during President Trump's term in office. In a statement congratulating Biden and Vice President Harris, Abbas said he hoped to work with the incoming administration to enhance Palestinian-American relations and achieve freedom, independence, justice and dignity for our people. Abbas heads the Ramallah-based Palestinian Authority, which broke ties with Trump's administration, accusing it of being flagrantly pro-Israel following its recognition of Jerusalem as the capital of Israel and the relocation of its embassy to Jerusalem. Vice President-elect Kamala Harris has stated that the Biden administration will work to restore funding to the Palestinian Authority, reopen the PLO office in Washington, and reopen the U.S. consulate in eastern Jerusalem, which the Trump administration folded into the U.S. embassy. Ron, let's talk about these recent peace initiatives between a number of Arab nations and the nation of Israel, and of course, those things forged under the Trump presidency. Uh, but despite recent peace initiatives, the UAE, Bahrain and Sudan continue their anti-Israel voting agenda at the UN. What are the headlines telling us here? Yeah, their old voting habits continued. All three nations voted to adopt a resolution that referred to Jerusalem's Temple Mount solely by its Muslim name of Haram al-Sharif one of seven resolutions passed that singled out or condemned Israel at a committee of the United Nations General Assembly. Israel's new ambassador to the UN, Gilad Erdan, called the resolution an audacious attempt to rewrite history. Erdan noted that the pressure to denigrate Israel at the UN is still a big hurdle to overcome, but tweeted before the vote that he would not allow this anti-Israel vote to go uncontested. He said the UN voted on the annual Palestinian package of resolutions that singled out Israel for condemnation. The human rights watchdog group, UN Watch, noted that the UAE and Bahrain, which signed the Abraham Accords and established peace treaties with Israel, as well as Sudan, all voted against Israel. The UN today showed contempt for both Judaism and Christianity by passing a resolution that makes no mention of the name Temple Mount, which is Judaism's holiest site, and which is sacred to all who venerate the Bible, he said. For two of the resolutions, the U.S. was the only country supporting Israel. But in one resolution that tried to accuse Israel of human rights violations against the Palestinians, Israel got support from the U.S., Australia, Brazil, Canada, Colombia, the Czech Republic, Guatemala, Honduras, Hungary, Malawi, Micronesia and Nauru. Okay, Ron, very significant uh, time of remembrance and thousands gathered to remember what is called Kristallnacht with the March of the Living campaign. This takes us right back to the beginning, really, of the Holocaust. Ron, what's this headline showing us? Thousands of people around the world are taking part today in March of the Living's global interfaith campaign, Let There Be Light, to mark the anniversary of Kristallnacht. The initiative took place in partnership with the Jewish community Frankfurt and Maine and the Miller Centre at Rutgers University. 
participants in the campaign sent messages against anti-Semitism, hatred and intolerance, and included world leaders, Kristallnacht and Holocaust survivors, public figures, celebrities, global organisations, rabbis, imams and ministers. On November the 9th, 1938, a two-day pogrom began during which the Nazis burned down more than 1,400 synagogues and Jewish institutions in Germany and Austria on Kristallnacht, meaning the night of broken glass, a critical moment in the chain of events that led to the Holocaust. We're observing Kristallnacht today, November 10. It's a two-day uh, remembrance, and I think it's appropriate for all of us uh, to remember those tragic days. Uh, there are global things that need to be remembered, and that certainly is one of them, a crystal knocked, and as you say, the remembrance happening today. Ron Ross, always appreciate you scouring the headlines, bringing us up to date in what's happening in the nation of Israel and throughout the Middle East. Appreciate you, and uh, thanks for being with us once again on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.